six or something. So yeah, it's Jason Davis of Nerdbrand, and I'm here with Mitch Gregory, our creative director, who does like the pointy gun fingers. Uh, if you're on video, go check it out on YouTube. You'll see what I mean. He just did it, and then with Jonathan Payne, and, I'll do no fingers, and he's not doing any kind of motions. He's very stoic, so that's his job on the show. So, but anyway. I don't get yelled at for picking my nose. No, no, <laughs> so. no. You know, hey. Sometimes, sometimes it happens, you know, Mitch is fidgety and sometimes I don't shut up. Um, so <laughs> that's why I get fidgety. <laughs> I bounce my leg. Rapidly. <laughs> Mitch knows. Yeah, I, 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 get, look, I can get both of them going at the same time. Hell yeah. <laughs> Burns calories. I swear if you're listening to this episode, it is a serious one, sort of, but uh, this episode, we're talking about websites, so every business sees it as a need, and it is, um, but it's just a matter of content and the message on the site, but does the design matter itself, if that's the thing? Pretty easy, smart, as hard, as you say, Mitch. That, that's it. Yeah, so so let's discuss how branding affects a site's strategy or vice versa. Which Which do you think impacts most? Is it can the site affect the direction of the brand or should the brand always affect the direction of your site? Mm. It's uh, going to be a back and forth. Well, it's got to be. If you look at it from the standpoint and it's something I, we sort of preach that your website is your first, first most prominent expression of your brand. Would I think is, would we agree on that? Because most people, the first thing they do these days when they go to shop for something, look for something they need, they go to the web. Mm-hmm. So that's your, I mean, I've heard it said it's your front door. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's your storefront, if you will. It's, it, it's your face. It's like when you knock on a door and the door opens and you see that person, your website is that. Mm-hmm. It's that first impression. You either go, oh, crap, or nice to see you. Oh, this isn't what I expected, or, yeah, this is about what I expected, or, oh, this is more than I expected. Yeah, it's like Tinder dating. It's like, oh, I swiped right. We meet the person. You're 20 years older than I you. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's I mean, I, I, I guess that's it. I mean, your website is your first impression. Really. I would say, yeah, probably your first formal, like, intentional impression. Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, you might, you might get there from social. You might get there from a... I don't know, a Google search or an ad, you know, QR but code. then you expect to see the brand and it's most, I guess, formal standard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? That's the, always the thought. And there's always this conflict of like, when you go to a website, like you want to do something that catches the eye. So there's these trends over the years in web, you know, and some of them still exist, you know, but I've always been a minimalist in, mm-hmm. in what I try to do. Like I like white space. I'm not afraid of it. Um, I like sliders. Oh God! I'm no, just you, kidding. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, don't don't miss. I'm glad that they went away so easily. I don't know. Maybe they didn't, but to for me, some, they they kind of went away pretty quickly once people started being like, uh, yeah, nobody looks at the third one, and uh, the website is slow. Yeah, nobody <laughs> looks after the second one now. It's just kind of like immediately the page loads, and they kind of scroll to where they they either see or they click on where they want to go. I mean, we do heat mapping, and kind of proves that. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting and fascinating when you do visual data on a site to see how people use it. And then you're like, well, that thing that we all obsessed about and sat in a boardroom and talked about, nobody gives a crap. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of good because now you realize you're making something for your users that optimizes the site. 
and not so much, you know, driven by the subjective. As you said, go back to the thing. Pretty is easy. Smart is hard. Right. You have to make certain sacrifices of features to, to maximize the site's, you know, ability to meet your goals. Yeah. yeah. I mean, your website should be a reflection of your brand and by extension in, in, in meeting that expectation, I guess. Every action that you want people to take once they get there should meet an expectation they have about your brand to some degree. Or influence it. You know, right. It's a feedback loop. So mm-hmm. you see something that's happening on the website that needs to be implemented more into the brand strategy, then your website is impacting your brand strategy. But from you got to start you know, from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So naturally, your brand standards, your overall... You know, vision for the company, the, the brand, your current positioning has to influence what the website presents. But then you, then it, it's more than just a website. Yeah. You got to keep going. You got to iterate. You got to look at the data. You got to get customer feedback, which then influences what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I, I remember a while back, somebody was like saying like, oh, we iterative. It, they were picking on the, the, the term and thinking of web and iterative design and, and all that. And I'm like, but it is, I mean, look at social media, look at, look at big companies like Facebook. I mean, it's all iterative. I mean, they, they're watching how people interact with the UI in order to determine everything right down to what kind of font is used for the copy on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's never, I think you said, John, you're never done. Right. I mean, you know, you have priorities, you have things that can be, pushed off to the side but anytime you open up google and search your website there's always going to be something to fix there's always going to be something to improve mm-hmm. and up, to, to update right well and, and by and in, in by some measure that's in part at least because of people's appetite because of the nature of of digital media people have an appetite for wanting to see something f- fresh mm-hmm. so which isn't to say that your website drastically changes every six weeks, every month, whatever the case. But part of that, I think, is that necessity to give people something a little bit fresh to see, especially for your website where it's going to yeah, have a lot of repeat traffic. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like you said, it doesn't change the design completely. Like at first in your cycle when you start, you may have different designs that will come in because you're doing heat mapping and you realize nobody likes this and nobody's using it. And you start realizing, like, we need to fix that. Right. So you put another one out, but you still keep your basic tenants, the copy, the tone, logo, obviously colors, that thing like that stays the same. You're not doing a complete flip. Um, Unless your branding in the beginning was just way off to start with. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Which before you get to your website, you hopefully have that figured out. Right. You know, you don't want to invest in a website if you've got – don't have that figured out. That's really bad. You can go to NerdBrand on YouTube, look for us there, and watch a previous episode, or check us out on Spotify, Apple, and all that, and uh, and follow us. Uh, Mitch and I had an interesting conversation about that with brand positioning uh, a while back, so that will be something. Uh, go back and listen to that after this one. That what you make- want people to do on your website is largely determined by what do you need them to do first, because the demands of every business is not, and every company, whatever the case, is not the same. Right? That's correct. Yeah. Good answer. You win a lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any, but we'll get some more later. Uh, I always ask, like, you know, like you said, uh, the website's your largest ad. What do you want people to do when they arrive there? Um, one of your, basically, I wrote in the notes, like, what are your hopes and dreams? I don't know why I wrote that. This was really late at night when I did this. <laughs> um, but what are your hopes and dreams that every visitor does when they arrive at your site? 
and everybody always has a different answer, but somewhere along the lines, it's usually, I want more customers. I want them to buy or fill out the form and blah, blah, blah. But that's not really what happens. Um, in my experience, that's been, they don't even look at your site. Like if you're physically out meeting people, networking, doing your shtick, they have never been to your site, even if you've met them, I don't know, 10, 12 times. It's usually when, in rare cases, I've had people say something to me that I know there's only one way that they have been able to tell me that is if they've been to the site because I've never verbally said it. Mm -hmm. And same thing for this podcast. I've had people come up and mention it an episode, and I can tell they went deep dive because they went back right. and brought it up. And I was like, there's only one way because they finally went back. and Because, you know, people are busy. But sometimes it's overthought. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's probably more true for for B two B type of things than than B two C. It really depends on the brand. You kind of want like one of three things: you want them to be educated, or entertained, or to convert. You know, if they're ready mm-hmm. to buy. I mean, I don't know what else you would want somebody to do with your website right. or right. send you a compliment on how good it looks. I mean, sometimes, oddly enough, that has happened a couple times, and it's kind of like, okay, I guess they're trying to approach for a question or need or something, mm-hmm. but um, not every site has to look like this work of art. It's not, it's not intended to, um, you know, we pick on Coca-Cola a lot, <laughs> but honestly, here we go. Uh, here we go. <laughs> there it is. And there it is. I will make sure I worked it in. Um, but honestly, when you have something that's so well known, do you think they care if there's a oopsies anywhere on the site or? They should. Well, they should. Yeah. But you kind of sometimes you kind of lose the the preciseness of what the site was originally created for because you've kind of gotten so far away from it. And sometimes that happens with success and it's understandable. So I mean it's it's the best websites are an exercise of form meeting function. That is they're designed in such a fashion that they address the primary need that needs to be addressed for that brand. If if it's an educational website where you just need people to learn, then it does that. It enters into that inter- interaction with the viewer quickly and seamlessly. If they need to buy, then it does a really good job of shepherding, shepherding, shepherding them through. If it's not a word, we'll make it up. That's right. Shepherding through the that that buyer's process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, primarily there are. Um, I guess there's there could be a bit of a difference between an informational site and a brochure site. E-commerce, there's an e-commerce site. There's right. membership sites. Sometimes right. membership sites and e-commerce sites, they can bleed over. There's lead management, learning mm-hmm. sites, like, for example, Udemy. Um, lead management will be kind of a bit of a different um, one to discuss. Uh, I used to work at a place that was pay- pretty much lead management. So if a lead came in, all they did was generate sites and pages for whenever a conversion came in, they sold that conversion to that customer or mm-hmm. whatever. So there's things that are, that are designed for that specifically. Um, there's just different kinds of sites for different purposes. So you have to really think about what is the purpose you want your site for. And I think that when we think about, well, I want more customers. Well, you're thinking brochure, I think at that level, mm-hmm. you know, you're not really thinking, or if you think I, I want to sell something online, then they kind of, they've obviously heard of e-commerce. Right. Right. But do there's a whole just mess of things that have to happen. As you know, John, like you sold it. Great. Next month. Now what? Right. You know, so well, even getting them to that first conversion, I mean, 
70, 80% of people leave your site without buying. That's a pretty universal trend in e-commerce. And so when, when somebody comes to your e-commerce site and you say, what do you want them to do? Everybody's like, buy, buy first. No, you get them on an email list. Do everything you can to get them on an email list. Right, there's a process. Or social is, is kind of a secondary thing, which I, I would, I'd rather have the email list. But you're not going to sell somebody usually on that very first visit. You know, you're going to have to retarget them. You're going to have to get them back via email and throw a promotion at them, educate them about your brand, all the all the prerequisites to get somebody to buy. And then even even repeat customers. They abandon their carts too at a much lower percentage, but you still have to have those flows set up to bring those people back. And that's, that's critical because those are your heavy spenders and they're the yeah. people coming back. Yeah. There's a, there's a thing that I've always said. Um, and, uh, the, the website, the internet is made of forms. It's all forms because at some point when somebody goes to a website, they're going to go to a contact form. They're going to go to a checkout. They're going to go some, it's, there's some form mm-hmm. that it needs to, that you want them to complete or is there available to complete. And, Sometimes it's not thought about like having multiple forms and funnels. There was a site a while back, and this is a very long, long time ago, and I won't say who it was, but worked on it. And we had about 20 pages designed for uh, the two audiences that it was attracting for the product or products. And, uh, but there were 40 pages that contained forms for funneling based on that because wow. it, there were the products were within each product there were um, variations of things that's all I can really say I think and yeah so you spend a lot of times times figuring out <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the time figuring out like when they get to this form what happens next a lot of people forget that when they fill out the form you want to take them to a confirmation page and you want to have content there you want to have something you know it's never all right, I filled it out and it says thanks. Talk to you later. You never want right. really want because then they're like, okay, now what? Right? <laughs> yeah, and it's not that complicated. You literally just have to tell them what's what's going to happen next. You're mm-hmm. gonna get an email, like if you if you're doing the the uh, double opt in, show them a screenshot of the email that they're about to get that need that they need to confirm their subscription. Just mm-hmm. literally show them so that they open it up. It's familiar. There's gold right there delivered to you by Jonathan Payne and Erdbrand. It's crazy <laughs> how many people don't don't take that step because they're losing so many people on that first opt-in. Yeah. And most, I know you can turn off the double opt-in, but even some of the biggest services, you have to actually go in and ask their, their support team, yeah. can I turn this off because they want to protect their servers. But, um, or if it's a, if it's just a normal lead generation uh, a gym, for example, tell them you'll hear back from us in 24 hours or whatever. Set uh, expectations. So, yeah, you literally, and it's not that complicated. You don't have to get creative. You don't have to overthink it. You just have to write two sentences. Thanks for your interest. Here's what's going to happen next. Yeah. And yeah. then make sure you, you actually do that thing. And that's kind of like when making sites, like that's kind of what I've started to settle into because I've been making them for 12 years and and when I log in or go on the back end or do coding or anything, I kind of understand like what's going on, but we have a Laura for that. Mm-hmm. So what I do now is I just use the site as if it's a user and I don't think about any of that thing. And so we've had a couple of launches where I'm actually going in and filling out forms and testing through. And I know John, you do too. Mm-hmm. You're looking at it for, uh, I believe marketing confirmation type yeah, yeah. 
things and what does it say. I'm looking at it as like I'm just, you know, your average Joe coming here and using it, and then I'll fire off the message and be like, uh, this happened. I don't yeah. know where to go. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm looking at it from a marketability standpoint. Like we just launched that web, uh, a website recently where the, the thank you page was, was good. The confirmation page was good. But I went in and added links, you know, it will be in touch. In the meantime, follow us on Facebook and yeah. Instagram. Yeah. And so. Yeah. But when it was originally made, it was like, because um, we were getting in a hurry, we forgot the, the confirmation. Laura forgot the confirmation page. Not her fault, not anything wrong or anything mm. like that. Goodness, we could build seven sites in a 30-day cycle. It's <laughs> just, she's a beast. That's all I can say. She knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not her job to think about it to that degree. Right. You know, so that's kind of where John and I come in. Uh, and uh, I just went through it and used it, and it, it, it did the standard thing and said thanks, but it jumped on the page for a reason and all that, and I just kind of went back and left that message, and then you hopped in, we made a confirmation page, and then mm-hmm. tightened it up, and that's kind of how that, the night, that's the, di- I guess right there, I could highlight the difference between a freelancer making your site, and you got somebody at an agency doing it. Right. There's uh, multiple eyeballs on it. Not that all freelancers do that, but that. When you have fewer hands, it becomes, it's just a website. I got to get that out. I'll mm-hmm. shift it out. I'm done. Which, if you're not trying to get that ongoing retainer, I guess that kind of is, is the truth. But yeah, yeah. But it shouldn't, the, be, it shouldn't be just well, <laughs> cutting it off at that point. Yeah, and that's why I say it's never just a website because, you know, you have to think about those small interactions that you're encouraging the user to take later. Mm-hmm. And um, well, that, that go, kind of goes to the, the idea that, you know, once you've gotten... Once you've gotten that person in the door, educated themselves, and then have interacted with you in, in a manner that says, okay, yeah, I think I, I want to know more about you. You still kind of want to continue the conversation even once they've done what you've asked of them mm-hmm. to show them there's more here for you to see. There's more here. to We have more to offer you maybe than what you just initially came here for. Take right. that out. While you've got their attention, take advantage of that opportunity to move them What's the age further of through transactional versus relationship. Right. Yeah. It's like usually if somebody opts in, they're still in a transactional mindset. They're interested to hear from you, but you need to follow that up with something that is compelling, that connects with them, furthers that relationship so that they actually continue either to, to take the action that you set them on that path toward or to come back and do it again. Uh-huh. So it's like, it's never a, it's not a set it and forget it. Right. Well, right. it's like you said, you went on the confirmation page, you added because for this business is important, mm-hmm. you added the social stuff. And, you know, there doesn't need to be like, oh, by the way, we do all these other things on there because of what the business is. It's like, no, we want you to interact with us socially because they're very active on that. And mm-hmm. it actually helps generate curiosity. And that's right. what really you should be doing is generating curiosity. Well, that, that's kind of an interesting point is that, you know, the website, your website isn't your social media platform. Mm-hmm. It has its role to play. You know what I mean? Your 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 Twitter feed has a different role to play than your website, which has a different role to play than your sales LinkedIn. team. Your yeah. sales team, right. <laughs> exactly. It's I mean, a website that's not a website can do a lot of things for you and it can do them very well. You know. But at the same time, you don't want to overburden any particular page or the site itself trying to do too many things because then it won't do yep. anything well. And right. thank you for saying that because that leads into the next point. Um, structure. That's overlooked all the time. And we say sitemap, but when we say sitemap, we, we mean like the pages that exist 
in the navigation sometimes that can mean that. It could mean the sitemap that, you know, Google sees in order to be able to index the site. Like these are the particular pages you want it to index. Sitemap is very ambiguous, I think. Um, but which is why structure or content architecture is sometimes it's been called is an important process in building a site because you're going to have this desire to put everything about you on there. As an agency, we can put a ton of things out there. Like we will have a capabilities page, but uh, yeah, we're probably not going to have it in the main navigation. You know, Mitch, you brought up earlier, you were on your phone and like, hey, how come you can't get to the podcast on the phone? And I was like, well, it's because most people's are on the socials and stuff and the search engines coming into that. And we, we already know that they're not mm-hmm. really going to the mobile and clicking through to listen to this show and us talk about Coca-Cola and, you know, me not shutting up and things. <laughs> but <laughs> so it's very strategic. So you put in your navigation, you're, you have to be very precise with. There's yeah. always a tendency. Intentional. Yeah, there's this tendency, John, I know you've seen it, and I've seen you roll your eyeballs into the back of your head <laughs> when you get this request, and there's like 5,000 things they want to put in there. People have gotten better, I will say that. Yeah. I mean, over just over the last few years, I think people are a lot more selective with what they're putting in the primary nav. They understand that they've heard enough times, I think, at this point, if you put too many things up there, people don't know what the hell to do. Okay. Yeah, just, yeah. If you don't know fact. what's important, I don't either. Yep. Right. My, my grandma worked in the food business for like 40, 50 years, and she always complained if we went out to dinner somewhere, and, it was a, 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 and this is going to sound simplistic, but it, it, it applies. You give somebody a menu, and if mm-hmm. there's too many things on that menu, number one, it takes them forever to decide mm-hmm. right. what they want. Which is not good for your restaurant. No, that means you're not having traffic coming in. Mm-hmm. You're not increasing the amount of traffic if people are camped out and you're at your table trying to figure out, I'm hungry, but there's so much stuff here. There's 17 burgers. I don't know what to order. Right, exactly. It's just part so, of the menu. With so, there's fish and other things. Man. Right. You want chicken. So yeah. to your point, be, you know, be strategic about the things that you want people to see on your website. They don't necessarily have to see everything about you. They need to see the important things that work toward building that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the whole thing. It's like focus on what you want that's important in the navigation because if your audience is in America, then they're going to go left or right. So they're going to start with that first link in the navigation and they're going to travel down that navigation, not scroll down the page. Mobile's a different animal. That's completely mm-hmm. different. Um, I use our website as an example. You go to our website on mobile, you're not going to find a, what we call a hamburger menu. And, you know, I didn't actually know it was called a hamburger menu. Uh, see, Mobile Responsive, I remember when it came out 2010. It came out a little bit earlier than that, but, I mean, primarily, like, a lot. It was really responsive design started really hitting in, in 2010 because, you know, you had the iPad mm-hmm. launch. Um, but <clears throat> the whole menu thing and seeing these three lines stacked mm-hmm. and just didn't know what to call it. What is that? Yeah, like, what is this thing? And then it was like, if you look at a Big Mac and you're like, ah, oh, it's a bur- okay, it's a hamburger <laughs> menu. Like, I figured, like, it took me a couple of years because... Two pieces of bun. And <laughs> right, yeah. And so, well, or depending yeah. how many. Yeah, yeah. Because so, they three did. three patties. <laughs> yeah, some people got a little creative with it. Um, but we don't have that on our site because most of the people are engaging with the content and going to the bottom. And at the bottom, all the links are there for you to interact with that we want you to interact mm-hmm. with. And Mitch, you've always said, like, tell lead the people where you want them to go. Right. That's it. That's where we want them to go. So 
the hamburger menu was literally the same thing that was in the footer at one time for us on our website. So we just killed it because it was like mm-hmm. getting in the way. It was creating that issue you just brought up. Too many things to decide, right. even though those things were same. Right. Well, it's, it's kind of a balance between <laughs> leading them where you want them to go because you can, you can make the argument that if you have to lead them, then there's already something wrong because they don't know where to go. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. If there, I think there's a... You, you were talking about heat mapping and things. Mm-hmm. There's a natural flow. I mean, in the days of print, we knew this. There's a natural eye flow. Mm-hmm. So you want to accommodate that. It's not as much you want to lead them, but you want to accommodate that natural behavior that 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 people inherently uh, practice. Yeah. Well, that's with mobile. I mean, no matter what you do, no matter what platform you're on, the thumb goes up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. I don't care what's in the the. the What's on the screen? Your thumb still goes up, and then it goes down. It's habit, and it goes. It's yeah. scanning, and uh, you know. I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to see the hamburger menus just disappear <laughs> I would across too. the board. Yeah, they're very cumbersome. Uh, they do add a lot of script and things to a site. Is another thing to kind of do. Uh, yeah, I don't like them either. I, I mean, think they're a huge distraction from I'm, the content. I, I will say this is it, maybe as a devil's advocate is that you know not everybody behaves exactly the same way on a website. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's an average and there's a, a general consensus in the way people will behave. Mm-hmm. But at least for me, sometimes if I see that hamburger, and again, I will say ad people are, le- are, are lousy examples to use for why to do something because we we know what goes on behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. But I, sometimes, I, it, to me, that's a shortcut. Okay? It, it's a fast way to get to where maybe I think I need, because I kind of know where I need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it accommodates those people, and it's not very, it, to me. It's not super intrusive. Not like having a whole menu across the top of. I've okay. I got to choose these things. No, I hit this thing, this little thing, and there'll be a very yeah. You get to pick where. You, yeah, I get. I can pick it depends on the site. You know, yeah, right. it does. The, the it does. The complexity of the site, how many categories and pages and things like that. If you need to filter down, mm-hmm. but you know where you want to go. You know, yeah, a lot of the buttons, a lot of the uh, calls. That's where you get into calls to action and where they're placed. Why that's important on the page, in the middle of content, like for us, they exist. Sometimes people go all the way to the footer and it's lit. Sometimes they just click the buttons that we have that are clearly marked as a button, as a call to action or whatever, and then they go through. Um, But whatever they do, the navigation in the footer, it's the same because where they click on the button to go, it's the same same page Mm. that they'd be. So you have to really think about intentionally, like not leading people down a a dead end. Right, That's the important thing. And also don't just assume you know. I mean, that's we keep talking about right. heat mapping, scroll mapping, click, you know, mm-hmm. click mapping. The the technology's out there. It's not that expensive. It's just expen- It's just a takes time to right. sit, and you need to know this environment. You need to have these these brains in the room and be able to sit there and go like, okay, this is what we can because in- interpretation is. I hate that word, but it is what it is. Because then somebody else can say, well, they can interpret it differently than you. There are rules to certain things in interpretation. <laughs> like, right. It's yeah. not totally 100% subjective here. Right. Um, you're actually using data to base that on. And the majority of people out there probably look at the same thing and will say the same thing. So that kind of, I guess, gives you maybe a backing way of, you know, justifying like, no. Well, you not. at least have these two two schools of thought. You know, you might have different perspectives, but then you can put those to a test mm-hmm. and say, well, let's shift this for three months and see if, See if the scroll rate goes from forty percent of the page to seventy, and if it does, uh, that's where you get into the interpretation because it's like, is that good or bad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are they are they not finding what they want, or are they more engaged? You yeah, know, that's or does it just not take them that long to pick up on what they 
need to know. Right. Yeah. 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 There's a, it's just a, it could, it could turn into like a spider web very quickly. <laughs> uh, well, but I mean, we've hit on it. That's the beauty of the website is it, and that it's a, you can, you can constantly be not to use a buzzword optimizing mm-hmm. its operation because you're get, the beauty of a website is you're getting immediate feedback from people on their behavioral characteristics and you can kind of glean what they're looking for and you can adjust to it in not necessarily in real time, but close, you know, close I mean, to you it. Can during those, you know, during black Friday type of moments, mm-hmm. cyber Monday, you can definitely, you know, put different stuff on the, in the promo areas, switch out the pop-ups. If right. you're seeing something's not working. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings up a whole other question. And, and again, this gets back to the idea that no one website is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Things like the intrusiveness. We were talking about, you were talking about there's websites you don't like because of the intrusive nature of the things they do on the website that kind of get in your way. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason has a very strong passion <laughs> about a certain category of, of websites. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, not, but before we do, like we kind of touched on it about the podcast. Not all, like every page on your website's a front door. Don't don't underestimate the value of where the pages are. So sometimes in the architecture is like when I'm t- we're talking about that. It's like I said, don't don't ever lead people to a dead end. Is really what you're trying to not do. Is don't mm-hmm. do that, or but, just or don't drop them in like they've just come into the room in the middle of a conversation and don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, because I mean, if it's on Google and they search and they land on that page and then it's a dead end, they don't know where else to go. They're going to bounce off that real quick, go find something else down that search result. They might think they're in the wrong place. Right. So you want to make sure that not all your pages visitors find from the website. They they will find it from other places. So mm-hmm. there's other front doors to your site always. Uh, we still forget that. Um, you know, people, like we've said, touched on it about the podcast. Many come from social media. Uh, they come from the search engine. John, you sent me a snippet a while back, and it's like, I know we had uh, Jason Bernard back on the show, but it was like the um, the infinite scroll thing is what I think that was because you were like, hey, look at all these site links. And I, I know you're being sarcastic because you're very dry humor, but I, I don't know. I if was you, surprised to see yeah. that. Well, I mean, because I know you've been doing a bunch of stuff. I just And I searched our, our name maybe once a week, once a, you know, every couple of weeks just to see what's changing, see if I spot anything. And those site links are definitely new, and I, you know, mm-hmm. I yeah. thought it was interesting. I mean, it's it's positioning certain pages on our website as the most prominent, and those are going to get clicks. We'll yeah. see that in the data. And if you notice uh, those pages you sent me that snit that shot, if you look at the footer, mm-hmm. you'll notice a direct correlation. Yeah. So that's absolutely intense. I actually know what I'm doing. I just don't <laughs> like to get poked about it because I don't want to be like, "Can you do SEO for me?" I'm like, "You want me to do what?" <laughs> um, SEO is not a thing. Yeah. But yeah, all those site links in Google search are actually very similar, with the exception of the podcast and my bio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are just authoritative pages. You know, that's, that's a, yeah, that's exactly. The click through rates, mm-hmm. the 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 time spent on the page, backlinks yeah. to those pages, right? All of that matters for those to show up. We have that's another area I guess we forgot to ask Jason about, but it was like I don't think you can control that. But you know, the architecture mm-hmm. of our site and the way it's wired up, that's the closest as I can get to influence it. Yeah, I think you can you can definitely influence it by uh, constructing your content in a certain way. I mean, we call them pillar pages, mm-hmm. cornerstone content, whatever. The the most authoritative pages have the most links pointing up to them. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, you're not trying to game the system. They need to be legitimate. 
that's why your homepage ranks so well. Because yeah. most things <laughs> link to your homepage, all your directory listings, your PR articles, all that stuff. Yeah, so that's why, like, if we do another iteration of NerdBrand, we, we don't have to go through the site map. There it is. Mm-hmm. We know now that works. We don't want to tinker with that. <laughs> It'll blow it out and break it, and that's mm-hmm. leave it alone. So we want to make sure we stick to that. But that's a great example of, you know, how you use content architecture and influencing search and all that good stuff. Yeah, and I think there's a another layer of that before we move on. Of if you've got a ten or twelve year old site that oh you've just been adding pages <laughs> to and and running promos, and you've got outdated content, it's a big deal to have that stuff being indexed. I mean, the, the search engine is kind of downgrading or splitting authority between pages because it doesn't know which one to rank. So yeah. going back and cleaning up zombie content, pulling a sitemap to see the the 800 pages you've created over two decades. <laughs> what, a, what a monster. And you only become. need 40 of them, if, or if that, you know, yeah, is, yeah. A, is a big process that should be done on any site that's more than a few years old. Yeah, well, it goes back to when I said, like, what's the one thing, and that's all that page needs to be about. Mm-hmm. And you'll it, it it sounds counterintuitive, and sometimes my brain fights against it, because if it's a page that talks about our capability to do web design, the instinct is we got to put development on there. Well, no, that's really something else, because mm-hmm. I do it, and I've been doing it for over a decade. Like that's something else. Like I, I can, but the users don't know that. You know that may be a word they're looking for. So then you're like, well, it's a search term. Maybe <laughs> I should put that on there. No, yeah. no. Don't put it on there. That's not what that page is about. Google will go, well, it says this and that. Which is it? Mm-hmm. It's do like you a, do apps? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it can get confusing, and you can really start to muddy the water And um, when you're really trying to help yourself, but you're not. So, And you don't need to create another page about every type of, oh, well, we're going to have a page for web development, a page for front-end development, a page for... No. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you get into yeah. that's going to split authority. It doesn't know which one you want to rank. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, and plus two, there's a strategy. Let your salespeople kind of feel that. You know, let them have, give them opportunities to talk and well, discuss it. So that, that goes back to the whole argument about a website. Don't try to make it do more than it needs to do because then it won't do. If you ask, again, I've already said it once, the more you ask a thing to do, the fewer mm-hmm. things it's going to do well. So let yeah. it do what it can do best. Yep. You say that about logos all the time, and it's the same with a website. It's the same with any ad. Yeah, it's with, in, it's with any anything, mm-hmm. really. I mean, any vehicle, any marketing vehicle, it's your website, an ad, your logo, whatever it is. Let it do what it's supposed to do in the best way it can. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to my whole argument of oh, I, what we do is more engineering than making things yeah. look good. Yeah, It can be both, but the things that... The things that are the most beautiful are the things that do the task they're supposed to accomplish in the most efficient manner possible. Mm-hmm. What are some websites that you visited that you absolutely hate? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. It could be a type of site. I will, I will tell you, like, yes, news sites for me. But even local, I mean, yeah. I, we were talking about local news sites to me for the most part are so bad. I, I think they've all gotten worse because they're so revenue hungry, you know? Yeah. That, 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 Industry is getting just demolished, and the, what what can you do except sell more ads? Yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, the web has become this. Um, please approve and verify, and click this, and too. say mm-hmm. okay here, and can we send you this notification? Oh, Lord, yes. I mean, there's so many things I would love. The to cookie disclaimer, the, the ever-present cookie disclaimer. Yeah, now. which you now know, the cookies are on their way out the door. Yeah, Google's going to Thank kill you, the Europe. cookie. 
<laughs> yeah, Google's going to kill the cookie. You can just Google death of the cookie to find out about that. I don't think Google will ever announce when they do it. It's just going to happen. Everybody's going to be like, well, oh, I guess no. we're doing something else. They won't. It's a competitive advantage for them to mm-hmm. keep it secret. Yeah, well, it's going to be browser ID. Mm-hmm. So that's just how it's going to go. But the whole thing of like clicking this, approve that, it really is annoying, especially when you have a mobile phone because the screen size is so tiny and these things come in and do mm-hmm. these things. And half the time they don't come in right. Like you'll see like a quarter of what the window is supposed to show you mm-hmm. and you're just getting a quarter of it. It's like, uh, what? <laughs> My favorite is going to a site and uh, a video starts playing and I'm mm-hmm. already like 80% down the page reading. Pre-roll. I know. And yeah. yeah and I'm just and like. it covers up the article and you're like. Yeah. Stop it. Stop. Yeah. Or I something. Won't, I won't name names, but there's a guitar tab site and you're probably familiar with it. Where you go to learn songs and it's got the tablature, uh-huh. and you can't see the tablature. <laughs> <laughs> but then they want you to upgrade to the premium, which is well, ad, yeah. ad free. And I'm let's, like, let's just talk be about nice. that a little bit. There has been a major increase on sites for gated content uh, for like for them for new sites. Like, click here oh, yeah. and subscribe to read more. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's kind of annoying. Newspaper, newspaper websites is, or and magazine sites are the worst about it. Yeah, because, I mean, what happens is, I don't know why, I mean, I'm sure there's people that want to support that site, that organization, and good for you. But I guarantee you, if I go on Reddit, I'm going to read that article for free. And that's, I mean, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's, the conu- that's a conundrum, and that could be a whole other podcast, is about, especially with newspaper websites that initially put their contact up for free, Mm-hmm. Okay, all of a sudden now you got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I mean, information now is like water. It's right. going to find its level. So you may put a dam here, but it's going to go around it, and you're, you're going to find it for free yeah. over here. There's, there's that, a, or it's going to be a really not a good thing for society that a certain uh, segment of the population can get to the information that is important, and the other just kind of sits there and hopes that they get yeah. you know the, oh. the feedback. Yeah. The comment section, right? Because well, that's you know it, what, what's interesting. <laughs> there used to be a there used to be a trick that I um I won't name the publication, but there was a publication where someone would send you a link to an article, and mm-hmm. you click on it, and you go to it, and you get about a quarter of the way down. All of a sudden, it gets you know grayed out, and it says, "If you wanted to read the rest of this article, yeah. subscribe." Right. But how was it? But if they posted the link. Like in a different way or in a different place. Yeah, get, there was there were some big holes. You would click on it and you get the whole article. <laughs> yeah, they fixed a lot of them. I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty hard to get past these days. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they've they've started focusing on that because it's a revenue <clears> stream. <throat> I mean, they they really a lot of media is going to have to figure out how to get that ad revenue in a different way now. Well, um, that's that's the hurdle for traditionally print publications yeah. and 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 broad and a lot of broadcast avenues is things that they are used things that people are used to just being able to. Pick up and read. Journalists got to get paid. They're, yeah, they're important. Yeah, I they're important it. folks. No, I, I get it. It's, it's oh, a yeah. heck of a yeah. puzzle to solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there's not an answer <clears throat> that I think, you know, if somebody shows up with an answer, they're going to be a very rich person. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that the more open information is, the easily, you know, the more easy it is to access it. You know, you're going to have bad actors. You're going to have things that happen. And it's just, you know, it's yeah. kind of like a side effect of it. Um, but I would go the route, you know, I think it's harder to, to go this route, but you go the route of premium content and things like that versus locking things down and holding people hostage. Yeah. Why not have two channels? Make it an incentive, (laughs) 
make it an incentive. It's hard. It's, yeah. It's a it, different model. It overall. takes a lot of time uh, to create the initial piece of content to begin with. Right. And then now you got to create something else. That's even better. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's like, uh, okay. So, yeah, it's very daunting and difficult. We talk a lot about when it comes to websites, we talk more about content than we do the actual sites, designs, and and the sites themselves now. Mm -hmm. Because it's gotten to the point where nobody's really looking at, that's a beautiful website. No one's really. I have. They expect it. It's a default. You know? If your well, website yeah, looks I, like complete it, trash, then well, if you're on a mobile phone, <laughs> I mean, the content that is most important is what's going to show up, not that pretty little thing, because mm-hmm. there's no room. Right. There's literally no real estate. Um. So yeah, you know that's the thing. So you were going to say something? No, I wasn't. Well, you, and, you, oh, okay. I well. think it was interesting. <laughs> I mean, back back, you know, there was a time in the wild, back in the wild west, when you when you could do anything on a website and people kind of expected every website to look completely different. Mm-hmm. But now we're in an age of best practices and the internet has kind of come in and all the people that work in it say, okay, there's a best way to do this to accommodate the information so that it functions in the best manner possible. So I don't, from a design standpoint, I don't think you get as much variety simply because usability s- trumps mm-hmm. aesthetics that's always the fight. Which, which in the yeah. in a best case scenario, you want a good marriage of that anyway. Sure. Mm-hmm. You want form and function to, to 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 work well together. There's very few things in the world that can be beautiful just for beauty's sake and work. Right. Okay, go to a, go to a, you know go to an art gallery and you you can see maybe that in action. A website is a is a tool, and it has to be built in a certain way in order to accommodate the needs of the user. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of why you. This emphasis on pure beauty has kind of taken a backseat in more than in a lot of different areas of marketing and, and advertising. It's really trumped that. I mean, it, it well, and you know, let's be honest, the pandemic is still going on. So that's also it's it's more about information than it is about how it looks at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, but it, 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 you know, it still has to look a certain way, but it has to be a there has to be an a of some visual appeal. Yeah, you need to be able to read it. There's got to be a presentation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with the way that, uh, so there's a thing that um, it's called, it's it's friction. You know, it's actually a thing. I don't talk about it a whole lot because it's like adding another thing to the glossary. But, you know, if you're using a website and you're trying to like digest the content as you go down it and you have a difficult time, that's friction. You're, you're not able to do that. So typically that could lead to the user just leaving. Right. And that's my problem a lot with some of these other publication sites. I'm trying to scroll down and read the thing. I found an article. I really, really want to read it. But then you got, I know when I see this big white space, that's not there for design or to get my eyes a break. I know there's a freaking ad that's going to pop up. <laughs> and I get down. Something's going to happen. Something's and, coming. Yeah, I get down there, and then the page jerks up and down, and then I've lost my place on what I'm reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's the biggest pet peeve that I have about that that I think really needs to be looked into and changed. And Google has started to do that with Core Web Vitals with, you know, the content with that. It's it's a factor now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I just, you know, it's, it's always a question of, like, if you actually just provided really good content, we know, we actually know that people who are going to subscribe, who would be willing to pay, are going to do it. If they want to support you, if they want you to keep providing that information, that content, like the New York Times, I don't feel like they need to lock it down. If your content's good enough, you're going to have readers. You're going to have mm-hmm. people who 
feel so strongly about wanting you to be able to continue your investigative journalism or whatever it is that they like about your your product, they're going to pay for it. Uh-huh. You don't have to manhandle them. Right. And if you do, they might still pay for it, but they're pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, did you I mean, really win? I mean, the, the, common <laughs> right. th- the common thread in all this is in- intrusive. Yeah. You, you want to bring, it's, it's like a good film. You want people to be able to immerse into the experience of it, okay, and kind of get, kind of lose themselves, if you will, where they just start kind of naturally reacting in a way that, that yeah. works with, with the medium. But okay? that's how, that's how, that's how, as they say, like I said before, how beautiful websites actually get made. Because, right, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? Right. If you do it in this way, in that philosophy that you're stating, it actually comes out and turns out to be a really nice site and looks nice because the audience it's reaching, they like it. Yeah, if that's And that's what matters. And that's what matters. And at the end of the day, if that's the priority, you won. So, mm-hmm. you know, so that's that's how that works. Yeah, it, it's And that's, that's the case with... <laughs> a logo you're designing, the copy you're writing, the ad you're, you're, you're creating, whatever that is. Does that end user find it valuable? Does it, mm-hmm. does it meet their expectation? Does it satisfy a need? You've done your job. Okay. And then this gets over the whole discussion of, uh, you know, companies that internalize all these things too much. And does it appeal to this brand manager? Does it appeal mm-hmm. to this, right. to yeah. this person? Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, I know you have to make your bosses happy. <laughs> What's really important? Did you make that customer happy? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to blame you for a drop off in sales or revenue. That's right. Mm-hmm. The uh, customers make the boss happy. Right? Yeah, yeah. They actually they do. So and if you're a good boss, and if if you're if you if you're pleasing that customer, <laughs> your website must be built to some degree or another in a way that's qual that's high quality. Ideal is, for them. That is right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's really not talking about web design. It's what we're talking about is web. It's a strategy. It all goes back to strategy. That's what Nurbrand's about. Like, the what end, is it we are trying to accomplish? Let's see how we can get. Let's think about how we can get there. And mm-hmm. does it tie in with all the other ways that people are interacting with your brand? Is it a consistent experience? Yes. Right. Yes. All righty. Well, Merry freaking Christmas. <laughs> Merry freaking Christmas, everybody. <laughs> so that was, uh, that's another episode. I think we'll wrap that up. And uh, so if you, again, you can go to look at, look us up online at nerd brand agency. Speaking of your website. Uh, and then you can see us at nerdbrandagency.com. You can like, and subscribe, do all the things for this podcast and find it at nerdbrandagency.com slash podcast. Ring the bell. Yep. Go to YouTube. Please subscribe. Uh, Mitch had a request about our listeners uh, for leaving comments. Yeah, um, please do. I mean, that's why the comment section is there, especially on YouTube, is so you can tell it, how are we doing, okay? <laughs> when did uh, What happened there? When did you just go to like... I what? became Joey for some reason. Cut it off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Turn off his mic. I just saw John's eyes go like, what happened? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, leave some comments. A- ask some questions of us, of, of the team. You know, if you've got questions about any particular... Area of marketing, advertising, branding. We are a branding and advertising agency. Throw them out there. If you've got ideas for topics, we maybe there's or some guests. Yeah, our guests. If there's something you haven't heard about that you or heard discussed, you'd like to hear talked about, put it in the comments. We want to. We want to hear from you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like how you did. You still. You still went New York. You still went. Hey, we want to hear from you. Yells. You know. We want yeah. to hear from you guys. Yeah. Do, Matthew, do Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. I, I, no. I, 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 no, 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 <laughs> he no. Did it. He did it again. He did it again. <laughs> My ears. I have, I have supreme power. Oh. Yeah. I uh, actually saw a movie the other day with him in it, and then I remembered, like, yeah, no, I don't want to see this. 
<laughs> it was one of the. It was fool's gold, is what it was. It was like one of the like the one of the worst uh, ones. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, thanks for listening out there. Uh, do all the things we said, please? and uh, please, please, oh, please do them. Do them. <laughs> do them. Right no. Yeah. John will drive around and he will find you slowly. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. It's like that whole Liam Neeson thing. <laughs> we don't need he, to go through that. He no, stop it. Okay, stop it. fine. All right. John takes away all my fun. Just cut it off. You got your McConaughey move on. All right. Fine. Thank you for listening out there. And remember, keep your nerve strong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>